All right, welcome to the J-Bone Show. This is a filler episode, as I talked about in previous episodes. I'm going to be doing these filler episodes every now and then. Uh, this is just to fill space between artists and entrepreneurs and, you know, local personalities and stuff like that. You know, a lot of scheduling stuff and, you know, things happen. People get busy. People got to work, make money, man. So I understand, you know, there's going to be some space in between, you know, each artist that I interview that come on the show. But uh, these filler episodes are also going to become a staple in the show as well because I, I love watching, you know, MMA and wrestling and stuff like that. So uh, in between shows and every now and then you're going to hear these filler episodes. And uh, I'm actually looking for people to come on here and talk to me about this, you know, after each UFC event. I'd love to sit down with maybe two or three people and just, you know, go over the fights and, you know, give, you know, you know, opinions on the fights and you know, what we think's coming up. And that's exactly what I'm going to do today. So that's an open invite, man. I got, you know, one of my buddies in mind, two of my buddies in mind that I want to be on the show with me after every UFC fight. They knew who they are. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, talk about that later. But on this episode, I'm going to run down the UFC 241 results. I'm going to give you fighter rundowns and what I think is coming up next for those fighters that were involved. And you're also going to hear why Brock Lesnar should not want anything to do with a John Jones fight. You're going to hear all that right now, right here on the J-Bone Show. Okay, okay. Here we are. UFC 241 happened over the weekend this past weekend and uh, I'm here with some rundown and some feedback and what I think is going on with the UFC and what's next for the fighters involved and I'm going to give you some results on the fights well three fights because that's all I watched was three fights well I watched two other fights but I wasn't really interested so you only get my feedback on three so here we go first fight Yo Romero versus Paulo Costa Costa I don't know how you say his name Either way, these two guys were mammoths at middleweight. These guys weigh 185, 186 pounds. These guys are monsters, if you see these guys. There's no way they're not doing steroids, first and foremost. I think Yoel Romero has his history of taking some kind of substances. I mean, the dude's like in his 40s, I believe. He probably has to by now take substances anyway just to, to maintain his physique. You see the guy, he's freaking chiseled. He's nuts. And then this Paulo Costa guy, same thing. This guy's... he's fucking built like a brick shit house, dude. It's ridiculous. I don't understand how these guys only weigh 185, 186 pounds. That just it blows my mind. Anyway, that fight fight of the night for me, if you ask me. These two guys came out there throwing bombs and I thought for sure it was going to be a knockout. It wasn't. That fight went the distance and Paulo Costa ended up taking the, the decision. I think it was a split decision if I'm not mistaken. I don't think the crowd liked that either. I couldn't really tell. I was at Buffalo Wild Wings, so I couldn't really hear everything. But I, I, I had Romero win in that fight. I think. I mean, he had a, he had a takedown. I, I feel. Last I checked the stats, it was like one twenty five to one eighteen. Let's make sure that's right. Yeah, one twenty five to one eighteen. Romero had more strikes than Costa did landed, but he did throw more, a lot more. But like I said, two big middleweights throwing bombs, man. I can't, I can't believe it wasn't a knockout. It was definitely a very active fight. Maybe and for sure for me, the fight of the night. And I, I, I would have went the other way with Romero winning that fight. But 
hey, I'm not a judge. And there's probably a reason for that. But uh, for Paulo Costa, next for him, I mean, the guy's 13-0 and now. And I, I want to say he's ranked number two, if I'm not mistaken. The champ, I mean, right now, uh, the, the next big fight at middleweights is Israel Adesanya and Robert Whitaker, which is going to be a great fight. Robert Whitaker is a great fighter, and so is Adesanya is just different. The style bender, that's what they call him. He's just a different fighter, man. He's like the next coming of Anderson Silva, if you ask me. And um, I think he's going to take that fight, and I, I would assume that they're going to give Costa a, a title shot against the winner of that fight. I could be wrong. Like I said, everything on here is not 100% perfect. You know, my you know my facts and all that shit, but it is what it is. That's why it's less than amateur podcasting, as I like to call it. But uh, either way, whoever Costa fights next between those guys, if it's that fight, if he gets a title shot, there's no way that guy's going to keep the pace with those two guys. Those two guys are world-class, just in shape, out-of-control style fighters, man. And, I mean, who's to say the guy can't catch somebody with one good punch? That's definitely possible because all it takes in the UFC or an MMA period is one solid punch and anybody's out cold. But that guy, Paulo Costa, he's in trouble, I think, especially if he faces Israel Adesanya because that guy is going to work him, I believe. He's going to work him. He's going to wear him out, dance around that octagon. That guy's going to hes gonna have to chase him the whole fight. There's no way he can keep that pace. So whatever he did in his last fight against Joe Romero, I think that's for nothing because I don't think he's even going to – he's not going to last against the champ. No way. Anyway. Regardless, moving on. Second fight, my personal favorite fight, my favorite story of the night was the comeback of Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz was off for three years, man. His last fight was against Conor McGregor, which he lost by decision. And some say that that was the, one of the greatest UFC fights of all time. And I wouldn't even argue. That was one of the, the better fights I've seen in years. And I've been watching UFC for a lot of years, and that's one of the, the more memorable fights that, that I can remember great fight but uh he made his return after that fight after three years off and to take on anthony pettis and anybody who watches ufc knows showtime pettis man that dude is incredible and uh for him and nate diaz to go at it that was that was one of those dream fights every mma fan wants to see something like that and i would, i think everybody knew that nate diaz was going to come in and do his you know his normal nate diaz thing that stand up and fight take that you know if he has to take that fight to the ground and that's what he did i mean it was just like i said it was his first fight in three years i seen no octagon rust if you ask me i mean yeah he got a little tired towards the end but i mean if that's what you call octagon rust and he did a hell of a job maintaining that because he he kept the pressure on on anthony pettis that whole fight and that's that's something that everybody fails to do with anthony but that's why they call him showtime you always see these crazy kicks off the cage and he knocked out Steven Thompson with that, that Superman punch off the cage. But Diaz countered all that by keeping the pressure on. He didn't give him any space to move. So he was the aggressor the whole fight, backing down Pettis, keeping him up against the cage. And when he did get him against the cage, we all saw, you know, he was you know putting the pressure on him, leaning on him, giving him knees. I think he took a big knee, and I don't remember which round it was, but he took a huge knee, Pettis did, and he withstood it. But even when Nate Diaz got him on the ground, 
world-class jujitsu right there. That guy is so good on the ground. He could probably grapple with just about anybody. And I, I think he could, I mean, he's not as strong as Khabib, but I think Diaz is the fighter that could counteract Khabib's offense. But he, like I said, he never gave Pettis the space that he needed to do those flashy punches, those flashy kicks. Perfect game plan by Nate Diaz, if you ask me, man. He outboxed him on the feet. I think it was, uh, it, it says 205 strikes by Nate Diaz. Pettis landed 86. Diaz had one takedown. And when he did take him down to the ground, he worked him. I mean, I think there was a point in that last round where Pettis got on top. He, re- he reversed a transition or something, got on top. But we all know Nate Diaz. You know, he's a world-class jiu-jitsu. And then, you know, that guy has been training forever. He doesn't take days off. You know what I mean? He's just, even when he's not in the octagon, he's still in the gym. He's still training. The dude runs marathons to stay in shape. You know what I mean? He even smokes weed. The guy's got it, man. World class. He's a world beater, as I like to call him. But is what it is. Nate Diaz won that fight by a unanimous decision, and I agree. Hell of a fight. But Diaz took that one. He ran away with that one. Uh, next up for Nate Diaz, he called out Jorge Masvidal, and that, that's going to be a hell of a fight too. That's two, as they've been saying on the internet, that's the gangster fight right there. I'm I'm looking forward to that. I think that's gonna be a scrap, man. That's gonna be something that that's got potential fight of the year, right there. Cause those two dudes are just like like they say in the air, gangsters, and they come in full force and they whoop ass. But uh, Masvidal, I don't think we've seen everything that Masvidal has to offer yet. Honestly, I, I've I've not watched a lot of his fights. I did see the 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 flash KO, you know the the jumping knee, running knee against Ben Askren recently, and that's ultimately what's been putting him on the map. And I think that's a good fight for especially for Nate Diaz because I mean, he's got to move on from this Conor McGregor thing. That guy for 3 years has been tweeting and posting on Instagram and just just picking at Conor and just, and everybody for that matter. I mean, and he a lot of the stuff he says is true. Nate Nate Diaz is he's better than a lot of these guys. And he was he said in a recent interview the fights that make sense to him, you know, was Masvidal, Pettis, obviously Connor still. But as far as like Khabib, you know, I don't think he's interested in that in that world title. Titles don't really matter to me in the UFC right now. It's it's, I don't know. It's kind of washed down, really. I mean, it's watered down. It's a watered down thing. If you ask me, I'm not saying you know my opinion even counts or matters. But would you rather have that big money fight with? per se, Conor McGregor again? Or would you rather have a shot at the welterweight champion for half the money? You know, would it, especially at, at his age, he's, at, he's in his 30s, probably 34 now. Like, what do you really want? You want to walk around with, with that 10 pounds of gold? Or do you want to walk around with you know millions of dollars worth of cash? I mean, you tell me. It's at this point, I just don't think, you know, fighting for the title is the right move you might as well just gain the popularity points fight the popular guys gain the most money that you can out of what you got and that's Nate Diaz and just for the record when that fight does happen Masvidal and Diaz I'm taking Diaz again that's gonna be a good one hopefully that happens later this year but back to the the Nate Diaz-Connor thing 
I would love to see that trilogy. I think it has to happen. I think it, I think it's good for the sport, even though the you know rankings wise, it's not really lining up like it should. But it just you know, Connor. He he's he's a marked man in a way. He uh, everybody wants a shot at Connor because they know that's where the money's at. Like I just said, if you had a chance to fight for the title or fight Connor, most guys are gonna fight Connor. Because they know that there's tons and tons of money involved. Which, let's be honest. If, I mean, what would you do? You know what I mean? You want to get your head beat in for five rounds and to win the belt, like I said. Or do you want to get your head beat in for five rounds and win tons of money and sit on that and live the life? You know what I mean? You're setting yourself up for you know a better life. It, it, it's, I think that's just... It's right, it's right there. It's writings on the wall as they say but I, I think they should do a Connor Nate Diaz rematch you know the third time they both won one you might as well do a third and then figure it out from there and move on from there that's if Connor ever comes back I hope he does I'm a big Connor McGregor fan but the, it seems like the more time the guy has off the more shit he gets into he's in the public eye all the time you know with the proper 12 which is great I've tried it it's delicious but the guy's got so much money that he doesn't really need to fight. Therefore, he's just out in in public in the public eye all the time, and he's getting into shit. You know, I mean, some people aren't bothered by the whole punch to the the old man. I don't think it was cool. I think it was kind of fucked up, kind of ridiculous. Like I said, I'm a Connor fan. Love Connor, man. He's like one of my favorite fight, probably my favorite fighter in the UFC. But you can't do shit like that because you're Connor McGregor. You know what I mean? Like, you're not, you're probably not going to get into trouble. A lot of people are going to back that up and say, oh, there's nothing wrong with it. The guy disrespect him. Sure, he did. But you're a public figure in your business now. You can't do that stuff. You just can't. Not in the public eye, man. But that's, that's ultimately going to create more of a, of a negative fan base for him. So, like, when Diaz and Connor do fight again, if they do fight again, I, I would, at this point, I think, a lot more people are going to be rooting for Nate Diaz than Conor McGregor. Maybe not the Irish fan base because we all seen how the Irish fan base come together. It's incredible when they do for all these Conor fights. But as far as every every other fan base, I think the the, the average UFC fan and, and the everyday UFC fan is going to be cheering for Nate Diaz. And I, I, I think that's only because of what Conor's done outside the octagon. You know, he's been in so much trouble and so much shit that everybody, you know, labels him cocky, arrogant, and he is, but, you know, the dude backs it up in the octagon when he does, and, like I said, I, I just think that the, the, the it's gonna, the fan base is gonna sway, and you're gonna see a very, very popular Nate Diaz, you know, as they say in wrestling, face versus heel, and Connor's gonna be the heel this time, it's gonna be incredible, I can't wait to see that fight. That's just my thoughts, though. I don't know. Who knows? Moving on. Fight number three. Daniel Cormier versus Stipe Miocic. That was a good fight, too, man. What a heavyweight fight. Um, DC, man, he came in there just doing what DC does, man, working the guy. Just outboxing Stipe. He, he, his strikes were 230 to 135. They both had a takedown. You know, a piece. But, man, did DC look good in those first three rounds. At, what was he, like 41, 40, something like that? 
and he moved up to heavyweight to do this again. This is the rematch. And the first three rounds, man, DC just outboxed him. And he had a big slam, too. I remember he had him literally over his shoulders. And, oh, man, he just dropped him. That was pretty cool. But DC did not look his age at all, if you ask me. He did not look 40 years old. Didn't look weathered. Didn't look slow. He's still a top-tier caliber fighter, if you ask me, at heavyweight and light heavyweight. I know the guy's got a lot to think about at this point, and if he's going to continue to fight, and I mean, I hope he at least has one more. But uh, he, I mean, he he came out there and worked him. He outboxed him. He outboxed Stipe. Even when it got on the ground, he controlled that for the moment that it was on the ground. You know, he, I think he got taken down one time too, but he got right back up, if I'm not mistaken. But his hand speed, man, incredible at his age for heavyweight. The guy was just putting his hands up. And pretty much Stipe would try to match him and put his hands up with him. And he just hit him with a jab. Hit him with a cross. He was just so fast on his feet. Um, like I said, the striking, it was, it was, he was out mad. DC was, was out boxing him like crazy. Just way faster. Now, Stipe looked, to me, he looked like shredded more. He looked like he was cut. He looked smaller and he looked like a little quicker. But so did DC, if you ask me. DC was just doing what DC does. Like I said, he just came out there and worked the guy. Did everything he was supposed to do. But, from what I'm hearing on the internet, and what you know, I'm reading in these interviews and everything, DC wasn't doing what his coaches was telling him to do. That's what I was reading. And ultimately, when round four came, Stipe made an adjustment, man. And I don't know if it was his coaches that made that adjustment or told him to make that adjustment, or if it was just Stipe's you know, natural reaction to things, or if what, you know, his IQ was telling him what to do in the octagon. I'm not really sure. But... He adjusted and he did this thing where where DC had his hands up like he was doing this whole fight. DC would put his hands up and then strike. And when he had his hands up, man, he threw a one-two combo and just nailed him with a body shot, left hook right to the body. Did that a few times. And in that very in that fourth round, that very last body shot connected, and I seen it, man. It was a thud, and I DC just kind of crumbled a little bit and slowed down. You could tell he was in trouble, and Stepe just put him away couple more punches he fell up against the cage the ref stopped the fight tko that adjustment by stipe that right there tells you that that dude is the mma iq that dude is, is a bad dude he's seen that he he went three rounds taking those punches and getting beat up in those first three rounds and he came out firing in, in round four made that adjustment to do that and just took it man incredible that was incredible great fight by stipe I I still think Stipe is is probably the best heavyweight that I've seen. I, I mean, obviously you go back years and years to those old heavyweights, Couture and all those guys. Like those guys are great, but Stipe Stipe is a different version of heavyweight. The guy's not sloppy. He's not huge. You know, he's not a big, huge, muscular heavyweight. The guy reminds me a lot like Chuck Liddell, and I said that in a previous episode. And I I I dig it, man. Stipe. Hopefully, Stipe holds on to that belt for a while because I don't really know. But, you know, what's next for him besides like Nganu, Francis Ngannou, which he already whooped his ass once. And he, he that game plan worked for him. He just let the guy wear himself out. Big puncher. Let him wear himself out. Stipe took care of him, took care of business. But uh I think I, I would like to see a trilogy in that too. Yeah, Stipe versus Cormier three. Why not, man? Both fights were good. The first two fights were very entertaining. You could build a whole pay per view around that again. And the, like I said, they're the, the two top heavyweights. Who Who's better out there right now in the heavyweight division? There's really nobody. 
there's a guy named Brock Lesnar, which we'll get to that later. Uh, that's a whole different story. You're definitely going to hear my thoughts on that in a minute. But as far as you know, DC and Stipe, I think they should run it back. If not, I think DC needs to go fight John Jones. He's got to try to get that off his record, man. That's, you know, he's, he's haunted by that. And I, f- I feel like John Jones knows that. He, he tweeted out a few things after that fight, I, I believe, and really kind of poked at DC about it. And uh, I think that that's, that's the fight for Cormier. It's either John Jones or Stipe one more time. Me personally, I hope he takes Stipe because I'd love to, if he does win and goes out, on top as the champion, it's a, what a way for you know one of the greatest fighters of all time to do, you know to do that end his career on on top, you know if he's got one left. But John, I just don't think he can beat John Jones. I don't I don't think he has it. I would love to see him beat John Jones. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to see that because I've I've been not so much not a John Jones fan. I think John Jones fan John Jones excuse me is is the best MMA fighter of all time. Period. There's nobody better. But that's one of those guys who are like, oh, I wonder how he's going to lose. How can he be beat? And I'd love to see that. And I think DC is the one, you know, the closest one to do that. Uh, but I, I don't I don't think that that would happen. And, and Cormier would have to go out on a sad note, you know, losing to John Jones again. Uh, that's another thing that I just don't think he can live with it. So, like I said, I'd love to see Stipe and Cormier again run it back one more time. For the trilogy, you know, it's tied 1-1. And I think that would be Cormier's last fight. You know, his his goodbye fight, end of his career. And uh, I, I, if they had to run it back again, I would think with Cormier being, you know, the world-class fighter that he is, I think that he would adjust enough to win that fight, maybe pull it out. Uh, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he loses again. Stipe is a bad, bad man. Guess we'll see. Speaking of John Jones, when we come back, I'm going to talk about him and Brock Lesnar. Be right back. Hey guys, it's J-Bone. It's the middle of the summer and there's no better time to get the most out of your air conditioner. Is the air in your home not as cool as it used to be? Don't call a technician don't replace that AC. Call my guys at HVAC Tune-Up Pros. HVAC Tune-Up Pros specialize in cleaning air conditioners and furnaces. Give them a call today at 864-634-8399. Yo, this is Jay Wiggs. You're listening to The Jay Bone Show. Alright, welcome back. Uh, before we went to break, we were talking about uh, the potential John Jones versus Brock Lesnar fight. Now, uh, I know Brock Lesnar just finished up with the WWE, and uh, John Jones is actually waiting on his next fight. Um, but here's my thing, man. Brock Lesnar, when he was in the UFC, the dude, he had the look, obviously has the MMA, or the wrestling background, as far as MMA goes, I'm not really sure his whole history on everything and what he actually did before, you know, as far as you know, wrestling that he did. I know he did wrestling. He wrestled at Minnesota. 
obviously a great wrestler. Did the WWE thing, trained MMA, came to the UFC, actually won the UFC heavyweight title. But that was years ago, man. Uh, John Bones Jones, pound for pound, the best fighter in the world. And he, he, he has been for years, you know, considering, you know, the stuff that he did as far as popping for, I think he popped for cocaine, some other stuff when he, you know, in the DC fights. And uh, he has his share of run-ins. Stupid shit that he did, you know. Either way, John Jones is the greatest MMA fighter of all time. There's no arguing that. I don't know how you could argue that. The only loss that he has on his record, and this is quoting my, my friend Greek, the only loss he has on his record, he lost because he beat the guy up too much. You know, he lost by DQ because of an illegal strike that, that ended the guy's night. He broke his nose in half, pretty much. And he couldn't continue the fight. But, you know, recently, uh, Kurt Angle, WWE star Kurt Angle, told somebody in an interview that the only fight that would bring Brock out of retirement back to the UFC was a John Jones fight. And I know that that's been speculated before because John Jones said something about Brock Lesnar in one of his fights in his post-fight interviews with Joe Rogan. And uh, I just... I don't think it's a good idea. I just... Well, one... As far as Brock Lesnar... You don't fucking deserve it. Like, how do you even figure that you even should be in the same conversation as John Jones? Because of your size? Because of your credentials, you know, in WWE? Because you're a star? Because you're, you know, everybody knows you? Like, that's not... That's not how this works. If you ask me, I mean, I'm I'm not Dana White. I, I he obviously knows better than me what makes the money. You know, he's he's the guy that pulls the strings. He makes the matches, and I could see it from a money standpoint. I get it, but in respect to the sport, there's no way that Brock Lesnar should be in the same conversation as John Jones. Keep in mind, Brock Lesnar is like 265 pounds. I don't know what he walks at. I don't know what he cuts to. I don't know anything about his diet. I don't know shit about him like that. John Jones is a light heavyweight fighter. He's the light heavyweight champion. That means he is cutting weight. If if he's, I'm sure he is cutting weight. He's a big dude. He's cutting to 205 pounds. That's his weight class. That's where he fights at. John Jones at 30 pounds heavier is no longer the greatest fighter of all time. John Jones, because now you're you're. You're, obviously, you're adding all this weight. He's going to be a different style of fighter. He's carrying more weight. It's not. It's not the John Jones, the pound for pound best fighter in the world, John Jones anymore, because he made his living in the light heavyweight division. That's just my point of view. I don't. I. I don't. I get why Brock Lesnar would want to fight him, but like I said, he doesn't deserve it. If you ask me. You know the guy's record. Brock's Brock Lesnar's UFC record: five, three, and one. Five, three, and one. John Jones, 25-1-1. The guy has 27 fights. Brock has nine. Now tell me why a guy like Brock Lesnar gets to be put in the octagon with John Jones. You don't deserve it, man. That's just my point of view. That's just the way I look at things. Like I said, it's a big money fight. Everybody's going to watch it if it happens. I, I don't think it will happen. That's just me. But it doesn't belong there. Brock doesn't belong there. 
And I think that, let's just say the fight does happen. My prediction, I think John Jones picks, it, picks him apart and whoops his ass. There's no way John Jones is going to let him get anywhere near him. He's going to use his length. He's going to use his reach. Those long legs, those long arms, he's going to keep him out of there. There's no way Brock gets in on him. And even if he does, let's just say Brock somehow does get him down, I think John Jones will be able to withstand that because he's the greatest fighter of all time, and we've never seen him not withstand punishment that he has taken, the little punishment that he has. So I think his length and, and his his fighter IQ is so surpassed what Brock Lesnar could even think of as far as MMA fighting. Maybe not from a wrestling standpoint. But I think John Jones keeps him at bay just by, by keeping, you know, the distance, picking him apart, outboxing him, throwing crazy kicks, leg kicks. I think he'd just chop him down. Brock has no chance if you ask me. But like I said, I'm not the expert. I don't know. This is just me talking shit on my show because that's what I can do. So I can throw my predictions around like I want to, you know what I mean? Um, I, John Jones said on Instagram uh, after that all came out, he said, Brock knows what his friends want to hear, but he doesn't want this fight. Trust me. And I agree. Brock, I don't think Brock even came out on record recently and said that, you know, that it was true. You know, that the rumors were true about that. But I, I don't, I, I agree. I, I, don't, I don't think he's, I don't think it's a good matchup at all. Brock only has his, his size going for him. You know, obviously his strength, obviously the guy can punch. He's huge. But when it comes to MMA and and just, like I said, the IQ of John Jones as being the greatest of all time, I don't think Brock stands a chance. Uh, John Bones Jones, he also wrote on Twitter that Brock is way too slow and I'll embarrass him. And I, like I said, I agree. That's, just, that's what I just said. There's no way, dude. There's no way Brock can, and can maintain the pace that John Jones can. You know, and I... Obviously, it'd have to be some type of catch weight. I don't know how Brock could even get as low to what he would need. The Brock, like I said, Brock's like 265 pounds. Imagine him trying to cut down to like 230. That's it's gonna kill that guy. And and for Jones to go up, that's I mean I don't know what he walks around as. He might be a bigger guy walking around before his weight cuts, but it, it's not the same fighter. If you ask me, I just don't I don't see that. But hey, if it happened, don't get me wrong, I'd watch that shit. But I hope it doesn't happen. I really don't because I just don't think it's good for either one of those guys. Even John Jones. What are you, what are you going to gain by beating Brock Lesnar? I mean, f- fucking cares. It'll probably be the last guy, the last time the guy fights. You gain nothing from it. You know, what if he gets hurt? What if John Jones tears something? And, you know, that, that, that could ultimately ruin his career, man. For a wasted fight on Brock Lesnar? I don't think so. If I'm John Jones' management team, I'm telling him, hell no. Stay away from that. Not because you're scared or not because you think he can beat you because it just, you don't need it. You're past that. And I think this is also just Brock Lesnar holding on. If if it's true, like I said, I don't know that it's true that he even said that. It could be Kurt Angle blowing smoke up somebody's ass. Who knows? But if it is, that's just Brock trying to hold on to something that's there. You know what I mean? He's, just, he's still just trying to stay relevant. <clears throat> he's back in WWE. 
I know his contract, I, I believe his contract just finished up at SummerSlam with WWE. I don't know what, you know, what his status is there right now, but he's always got a home in WWE. Just stay there. You're a fucking big dude. You're an attraction. You fucking work who knows how many days a year and you're making tons of money. Stay your ass over there. Stop getting your ass kicked by these good MMA fighters. Just doesn't matter to me anymore. Brock's just holding on to some kind of limelight. I mean, like I said, maybe he's not. Maybe he's never said any of this, but if he is, stay in your fucking lane. And that's the WWE, man. It's over in the UFC for you. That's all I got today, man. Like I said, this is just a filler episode. Filling in some spots, filling in some airtime. Trying to keep you guys' ear here. So, uh, I got some stuff lined up. You'll be hearing from me again soon. Thank you all for listening. This is the J-Bone Show. I'll talk to you all very, very soon. Hey, this is J-Bone, and I'm looking for locals in the Metro Detroit area to come on my show, The J-Bone Show, right here on Anchor and Spotify. Come talk to me. Let's get your story out. Are you a local rapper, singer, guitar player? Are you in a band? Are you a piano player? Are you an MMA fighter, a wrestler? Come talk to me. Let's promote you. Let's talk about what you got going on and how you got there. The J-Bone Show right here on Anchor and Spotify.